0: Katie, are you ready?
1: I am preparing my space. I'm preparing myself. I'm preparing my delicious pumpkin spice beverage. I'm preparing to podcast. I'm very... I I don't know if you know this, but I am talent. And talent takes time.
0: I feel like there were several hashtags in that. Hashtag (laughs) talent takes time. Hashtag uh, preparing to podcast.
1: Hashtag preparing to podcast. That's what we should have called this podcast all along.
0: Just preparing to podcast.
1: I'm going to go ahead and apologize for my voice. Um,
0: Oh, look. Something else she's apologizing for this week, guys. When absolutely nothing is wrong with her voice, No, I'm
1: just... Well, it hurts very much for me and the... Likelihood of vocal fry in this episode is rather high, um, which is why I have my beverage. My throat is very sore for reasons that will be revealed later in the podcast, uh, and it is not uh, because of deep throating <gasps> this time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. That conversation went whoop, right over there.
1: It just took a we really there. a really hard. Now, remember, Katie, left. I like to do it that way, where I'm just like bringing you in and bringing you in and bringing you in, and, <laughs> and then like boom,
0: there's the vulgarity. Well, because remember, we are a vulgar podcast. We
1: are we are not for children. I just want to say at the top of this episode, I don't want to be, I don't want to be petty. I don't want to be uh, aggressive. I certainly, as a woman in America don't want to be aggressive. But
0: that's you know you remember what happened to that last time. That was the last episode, right?
1: I, I just want to say up top that this podcast is not for children. In case you haven't figured it out, it's not it's not for children. No. So if you're not of age, just go ahead and not
0: yeah, just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. Not in it, not say for work. Or children. NSF and work w. means children,
1: because we all know that work is full of children.
0: Hey, we're we're a five star podcast. <laughs> are we still? I don't think I don't know if that's true.
1: In our minds, according we are, to
0: iTunes. It's no. chaos
1: magic. No. If <laughs> we believe we are, oh, we are.
0: According to Apple Podcasts, we are still a five star. Bitch.
1: <laughs> Still, for now, <laughs> this week everybody just fucking bum rushes the reviews and tanks it. <laughs> God,
0: you know what though? I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I mean, it's certainly not gonna stop us. Like. Could we be like the world's first one star podcast? (laughs) Oh,
1: there's, trust me when I tell you, there are plenty of one star podcasts out there. Yeah, but could we
0: be like the good one star podcast?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Could it be part of our aesthetic? You mean? (laughs) We like actively keep it low. I want to be very clear. I'm not telling you to rank us low. We will be very sad if you do. If you're going to give us a review, which you should stop by your favorite podcast app and drop us a review. Yes. But I it should be a, five stars.
0: Uh, oh, we were going. No, di- it, we were going in different directions. <laughs> oh, no.
1: oh no! Oh <laughs> no! It should be five. If you're feeling like a three, just go ahead and don't. Just don't.
0: Wait. Wait for another episode. Try just another episode. That, yeah. Just try again.
1: <laughs> just take that three and just express it elsewhere in your life. Yeah. Um. So,
0: Katie, what have you been up to,
1: girl? Since
0: we since we left off.
1: Well, we have some business to take care of up top. I've been doing business um, so up top, we have to talk to you guys about a very um, a very cool podcast that I recently have become aware of I don't know if you know this one um, but it's podlight time pod light. And podlight and insert
0: podlight theme song
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then it's just like thirty seconds of silence <laughs> yep. um. So we, uh, I've recently discovered a podcast called Pleasing Terrors. Pleasing? Pleasing Terrors.
0: Pleasing Terrors. Yes. So these are terrors. Like it's terrors. That are pleasing. But it's
1: pleasing you. Like it's scary, but you're also feeling a little something in your nether region. Oh. No, it's not that kind of pleasing. (laughs) Oh. I know. (laughs) Why isn't that a theme? I okay. Here's You my said th-
0: pleasing terrors, and my first thought was like pleasers, the shoes. Uh, oh, <laughs> that was interesting the place where you took that. Hmm. No, I my a classy sp- shoe. You know. Okay.
1: No, my my spin-off podcast idea is um, just reading the most gory, horrible horror stories, but like in a really sexy voice. Not like the one I have today. Um, And like creating an entire generation of sociopaths. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Who blur the line between gore and uh, sexual uh, gratification. Cool. Anyway, that's not what this podcast is about. What this podcast is about. Uh, is different uh, stories about haunted places, creepy history, um, and folklore. So I know we have a lot of listeners that listen to Southern Gothic. That's an amazing show. Very awesome. Uh. This is kind of in that same vein um, where history is incorporated, and a lot of it is, like, based in – it's not specific to the South, but a lot of it is kind of based there because the guy who hosts it, my friend Mike, um, he is a – tour guide in Charleston. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he does like ghost tours and like tells all the, like does all the storytelling and stuff like that. So it's, it's got that vibe. So if you love ghost tours and you like that kind of like getting together on a cloudy night and like freaking each other out with ghost stories as you walk through town, like it's, it's very much that type of like aesthetic.
0: Yeah. Um, love Charlestown. Yes. Never been.
1: Charleston. <laughs> Charlestown is in West Virginia. It's like an hour from us.
0: Oh, char- Charleston see. Charleston, Charleston is different. Charleston. Charleston's different. Charleston's, Charleston's better. Charleston. No offense to Charlestown. Charlestown. That's, uh, the, that's,
1: uh. Charlestown's where we went to the casino.
0: Oh, yeah. That's uh, the casino. Charleston casinos. is South Carolina. Yeah, I knew that. I love Charleston.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're going to have to forgive me if you can hear me um, drink a little tea every now and again. I know we're very sensitive about mouth sounds in our community. Hmm. Uh, I don't get that. You'll have to forgive me because my throat is again, once again, on fire. And I am here for the love of you and just the love of you. And this pumpkin spice tea are keeping me. Speaking right now. So, I want you to know, Mama loves you. Mama is here for you. Don't criticize Mama.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or she will come for you.
1: Anywho, that is my plug for uh, Pleasing Terrors. They are at Pleasing Terrors on Twitter. You can search Pleasing Terrors on your favorite podcast app and pull them up, and they are very cool. Episodes are a little bit shorter, which is kind of nice, because I know we ramble at you guys for uh, hours at a time. And they keep it a little bit tighter, so...
0: Yeah, you listen to us, and it's like, 84 years later. Yeah, true.
1: <laughs> but it's fine. We we just, you know, we just like you guys. We, we have a lot to talk We just love talking to, you, to you, you, you know? We just want to talk
0: to you. We
1: just want to talk to yeah. you. Yeah. sit
0: down, you know, light a candle. we like to light a candle, light a candle and candle just talk to five, you.
1: five or six and just talk to you. Mm-hmm.
0: Nothing wrong with that. Why do we get so... Jersey. I <laughs> <No.
1: laughs> What is this Jersey? I feel jersey like that? I have two should... voices on this podcast, and it's either that one about Swakins, too, yeah, or it's this one right here every time I do a voice Bitch, like that this. that one you
0: did on the last episode when you were talking about the witches
1: on the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's either that <laughs> character a... or, like, the Jersey lady. I don't... I, there's no in between. It's fine.
0: Right. We should do a whole episode... In those accents. I
1: feel like all of our listeners would immediately commit suicide.
0: Like I well, I don't think it would work well, out. Well, if we ever want to end the podcast, Katie. <laughs>
1: That's how we go That's out. That's how
0: we go out. Jesus. No. <laughs> Please God. I tell no. you what though, I am very excited because we have some invocations.
1: We do. We have a shitload of invocations. A fuck
0: ton. A whole no brag, but a whole metric fuck ton of invocations.
1: No brag, but I'm like genuinely shocked. So, (laughs) 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 we kind of didn't expect that it would be hard to keep up with you guys. We figured that we would have like two, (laughs) and it would be easy to keep track of you.
0: (laughs) But you know what's so funny is that I was visiting uh, my mother. Uh, this past week, and I was just sort of talking to her about the podcast and talking to her about some of the, like, extra content and stuff that we had filmed for the Patreon. Yeah. And I was going over one of our videos, which we'll be releasing hopefully pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, And she was like... Well, I want to watch it.
1: <laughs> Girl, get up said, on that Patreon. Look, look.
0: And I said, I said, well, Mom, I was like, you can't. No, no, no. She said, she said, oh, I'll watch it later. And I said, Mom, you can't watch it. I said, A, because it's not posted, and B, it's specifically for our Patreon and our mm-hmm. people who, like, give to us. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh. <laughs> and then just doesn't say anything. See, if I was your
1: mom, I would have clocked you right quick. I would have looked you right in your eyes, and I would have said, I gave you life. That's what I gave you. I gave you your life. Boy.
0: And thus, she gave the world this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair. I mean, theoretically, they're the biggest patrons. But uh, unfortunately, uh, we live in a universe that has rules. And uh, we do not live in complete anarchy. So if you want to see my Patreon videos, mom... You need to put the coin on the dresser for me.
0: Just like every other motherfucker. Oh, that was another vulgar moment. I do apologize.
1: Again, asterisk not for children. Yes. (laughs) This is the petty episode, (laughs) y'all. No. Um we do have some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful new people to welcome to the patreon um and we didn't want to like get totally like overwhelmed um because we did like i don't know what happened i don't know if y'all got paid i don't know what it was (laughs) (laughs) but we had kind of a rush to the patreon um over the past like two weeks or so and we want everybody to kind of like have their own moment and we don't want to throw like a bunch of names at you guys um so we are breaking it up a little bit so if you have to wait a little bit for your name we're trying to go in order patience
0: Um, is a virtue (laughs) Do not expect anything on this podcast. Yeah,
1: for real. <laughs> um, but no, we do want to kind of space it out so that you guys have your own moments. So We're going to do four of our new folks today, um, and we'll do four next week, and we'll just keep it going. Yep. Um, so I am I starting off, or are you starting off?
0: Uh, I can start us off. I've got my names on the top of the list that oh, I'm doing, right. so I don't want to like...
1: All right. <laughs> yeah.
0: My names are on the top. All right, so. And
1: as always, we have dressed our candles with good intention, goodwill for you, health, happiness, wealth, and all good things.
0: Mm hmm. All right, so our first one is for Dale M., who is a part of our Stay Spooky squad. That took two.
1: She's extra fiery.
0: Yes. And our next one is for Denise V.W.
1: Beep beep, girl. Okay. Now I have my people.
0: Oh, and did I mention Denise VW is also a Stay Spooky member? Yes.
1: Yes. So I have another Stay Spooky member, Miss Laura L., And last, but certainly not least, we have Miss Whitney Z, who is our very first minister or mistress of the macabre. Whitney.
0: We're running out of space on the table for candles, y'all. We are.
1: We, I wish that you guys could actually see. Um, how many candles we have lit because like the whole this whole area is actually like almost lit as brightly as if it would were lit with electric light like for it real. is it's real bright, real. which means it's real hot, which means I'm probably taking off my clothes in this episode, yeah. but we have a podcast, so you guys don't have to yeah. worry about that
0: and remember guys, don't have to go blind. your candles will stay lit for the episode, but Always and forever in our dark, dark, dark,
1: dark, dark co- oh, is hearts, it wrong? hearts, is Katie. Is this not the hearts, haunted colon? It is, is not that, the haunted colon. Is that our colon? other
0: spinoff show? Yeah, that'll the, be our spinoff show. The haunted colon. Welcome to the haunted colon, y'all. <laughs> I w- I w- <laughs> My name's Theandra from the haunted colon. I want to hear
1: about that in the Facebook group this week. I want to hear what you guys think the haunted colon is about.
0: Let me know. Actually, let me know what it's about. Actually, you know what? My mother would be great for that because she works for the the butt and gut doctor, as the, she calls it.
1: The, the butt and
0: gut. <laughs> actually, yeah, she's uh, you'll say Mom, when she's ever ta- whenever she's talking about where she works, it's always the butt and gut clinic. Great, good, good. <laughs>
1: Okay, so that's our, that's our Patreon family welcome. And we get yes. our pod light. And now, We're I getting guess into what we these, just have to get on in. What these people are here for. Which is the meat. The meat. The, the meat and the potatoes. A
0: little corn, a little side of mashed potatoes. A little bit of,
1: and you know there's some mac and cheese in the crock pot round,
0: ah, round on the corner. Yeah, some mac and cheese. You know a crock pot there's a crock mac. pot.
1: Up on that bar. Some crock,
0: crock, crock, croc. Cool. Some, some cock. <laughs> some some croc, cock. cock. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> Damn, last week you had a stroke. Now I'm having a stroke. It's fine. <laughs> New hashtag. Hashtag having a stroke. Hashtag,
1: no. <laughs> hashtag
0: cock, crock. <laughs>
1: Would be so cute though. It would crock, just be croc. like a crock pot that's like just shaped like a dick.
0: I feel like that would be your uh, like a good for a cannibal episode.
1: hmm
0: You know? We need to it would
1: be that would be cute. You could even bake a cake in I'm into that yeah, actually. That's totally. my aesthetic. Uh, but that
0: is not the aesthetic of this episode. It's not. This episode about. is not about
1: cocks. Um, and it's not about children. Um but it is about
0: <laughs>
1: ghost towns.
0: It's just so taken aback that you used those two <laughs> words in the same sentence. I'm pretty sure they well, heard my, like, gasping breath, like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Were you afraid of where I was going? I was were very afraid
0: of what you were going, but at least you, you said it be. and not me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you should be. I'm scared it's going to get isolated. Anyway.
0: Ghost town. In case you didn't hear me, ghost towns. Ghost towns.
1: <laughs> yes, we were talking the creepiest... The most abandoned ghost towns if, of the USA. We have to put that caveat that it is of the USA.
0: Yes. If your well, a ghost town is kind of like your soul, right? Or at least ours anyway. <laughs> I feel like, All right. I feel like theirs, I feel calling. like if they listen to us, it's probably the same, mm-hmm. right? We're just, they're just looking for content to fill the ghost town soul that they have within them.
1: That's cool. I've always liked ghost towns. I've always had a thing for them. Oh,
0: I loved abandoned. I love abandoned shit.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Something about just there being life somewhere, an existence, and yeah. then they're not is yeah. so fascinating to me.
1: Well, in our in our younger da- in our younger days when we were young. <laughs> And, full of and not life. old
0: crones sitting here by candlelight talking to you today.
1: <laughs> when we were young and full of life and we went into the world instead of sitting here talking to you <laughs> by ourselves. Uh, Kenny and I used to like scout out abandoned places and like do photo shoots and like get really creative and um, do all kinds of shit like that uh
0: remember I mean, that disrespected w- a lot of shit i'm sure we
1: didn't disrespect because we never had like a destructive energy it was always like a creative sort of like i, I feel like we were reasonably respectful
0: well but there was that one instant, instance in where we did the photo shoot uh in that creepy house by amos's
1: uh, yeah yeah
0: house and then like
1: what did we do though
0: well, no, because I went there to discover it, and apparently the man that had lived there... Um, I went to discover it. <laughs> I went to discover it. <laughs> discover it, no. I'm not Christopher Columbus. Uh, no, I went... Or, Caitlin was showing me that, and for the... Not not you, Caitlin, but... Different way. We mutual, have other friends
1: named Caitlin. It's complicated. Yeah,
0: a mutual friend. Uh, and we... Apparently, some guy had, like, killed himself there, and left notes so when you go into the little abandoned Mm, shack mm -hmm. like on the stairs you see uh, a little handwritten note that says i'm upstairs which Mm -hmm. in and of itself when you see it is fucking terrifying yeah and then so when you go upstairs and you go onto the landing there's another note with an arrow pointing that says i'm in here fucking terrifying Mm. and then you walk over and then you can see into the room and supposedly the chair there's a chair in there and apparently, that's where he like shot himself, mm-hmm. allegedly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> allegedly is what I'm saying. Uh, and you can still see like the stains on the on the chair or whatever, and it's really creepy. But uh, apparently, there were there's another room, and they had like some toys and stuff in there. And so I found a teddy bear on the floor, hmm. and I put it on the chair, and. Took a picture because I thought it would be a a neat, creepy little shot. This stuffed old raggedy teddy bear on a chair. And I left it there. And when we came back, that teddy bear was not in the chair. It was back where I (laughs) had found it in the other room. On the floor. And it's a pretty abandoned place and I don't think people really go there. So I just made the assumption that I probably upset... A spirit and... Yeah. We
1: were a little stupid about that. Um, I usually try to avoid places now where something like a suicide has taken place because there is such a volatile energy that can be in those types of places. Yeah. Um, unless it's somebody that I've known, um, it can be a very volatile en- energy. Um, but for the most part, whenever we would enter abandoned places, we would be very respectful and not destructive and very, like, we, we'd come to it with a very creative energy as opposed to a destructive energy. And I think that that is probably why we didn't really get fucked with that much. Yeah. Um, and if so, it was, you know, the couple, the handful of times that we were fucked with, it was, like, playful stuff. Yeah. You know, not, not something that's, like, clearly threatening. Yeah. Um, If you ever do go to an abandoned place that maybe has a history that you don't necessarily know, um, but you feel a little uh, uncomfortable or you feel threatened, um, probably best to just back out and don't fuck with it. Yeah. Because you can tell by the energy of a place whether it's a place that you should be or whether it's a place that you should not be. Right. You know? And I think it's very important to kind of, like, Cultivate that sense for that and and listen to it because your body knows. But we're going to talk today about a couple of places here in the U.S. Um, that are abandoned towns that are somewhat famous or abandoned places that are somewhat famous. Um, and if you have an abandoned town near you, you should... Message us yeah. and tell us about it because we want to hear about all the spooky little towns because I'm sure that there are like a lot of really fucking cool places that we just haven't heard of because right. they're like tiny. Yeah. You know?
0: Have you, well, uh, I mentioned this on the podcast group uh, a while back, but you and I have both been to the amusement, the ghost town amusement yes. park.
1: Yes. Yeah. Ghost town near in the sky. Near
0: where we live. Mm-hmm. Ghost town in the sky. Good old Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Hail you. Maggie Valley. Shout out to MV
1: hmm <laughs> All two of you that listen. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember how, like, creepy, or not creepy, but how crazy it was? Because you have to take, for those of you who may not be aware, if you're not on the podcast group or read about it when I posted, but you... If
1: you're not on the podcast group, search the Haunted Heart Podcast yeah, on Facebook.com and get show. up on there.
0: It's a ghost town amusement park literally on top of a mountain. And to get there, you have to take a chairlift and go all the way up. And so, if you are afraid of heights, you may not want to. May not want to. May not want to do that. But it was really popular when we were growing up. Very popular in the '70s and '80s. Um, they have like shootouts there, and they have like a bunch of really cool like saloon type vibes there. Uh, really cool place. And uh, but unfortunately, I think like it. Uh, Fell to neglect. And then, do you remember there was uh, an instance where, uh, uh, I think it was a kid, like, fell off from the chairlift? Yeah. They almost fell off, or, yeah, they fell out of the chairlift. And then another instance where... Because they
1: didn't have, back in the day, they didn't have a bar that would come down on you, like, in roller coasters. Like, it was literally just a chair.
0: Yeah, it was just a chair.
1: And there was nothing in front of you. And you were, like, hundreds of feet in the air.
0: Yeah. And... And one time it actually stopped and it (laughs) malfunctioned and people were stuck there.
1: Oh my God, I would have... Stuck uh, up in the chairlift for hours.
0: So after that, uh, I think it just, Mm -hmm. like, I think it went through a couple of phases where they were closing it down and opening it back up, but um, they finally shut it down in 2002... Um, but it, it is to be reopened this upcoming spring. Do you
1: know when? Oh, spring.
0: Yeah. So they're opening up in phases, apparently. So the first is to open in 2019, I believe in the spring. Um, and it will include two areas, a Heritage Plaza and the old Western Town. Oh, cute. Um, which will be accessed by your traditional chairlift. Oh. Uh, and then they'll uh, open additional sections later. But the guy who uh, who bought it... Um, or is the president of this company that bought it, has spent 32 years at Walt Disney World. Uh, and he's been with Disney Cruise Lines and various other places. And his wife is the um, is going to be the executive vice president, and she also worked for the Walt Disney Company for, like, Magic Kingdoms and, you know, the hotels and all of that. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I want to go back. me
1: too. Yeah, we totally should. That would be really cool. I I went to that place as a kid, and I have a bunch of, like, Pictures and stuff.
0: Oh, I've got and one of me on really the chairlift cute. with my grandmother, and I'm just like. Cheezing. The only thing
1: I wish that they would do here is what I would live for if they would because they're like old west ghost towny themed, right? If they did a Halloween, like theme park. Oh, totally. Fuck, ghost town in the sky. If you can hear us. Oh, it's now we'll, well fucking do that shit for you.
0: I think it's called ghost. It's going to be called Ghost Town Adventures now, which. Okay. You sure. know, I kinda like Ghost Town in the Sky. Me too. A little bit better. But hey, in the sky.
1: I, you know. I, I feel like it's nineties though. Yeah. It's definitely got a nineties ring to it. Yeah. It's us. Okay. Um Yeah. So that's our cool theme parky Ghost Town. Yeah. But now I'm taking you um into the depths.
0: The depths of what, Katie?
1: The depths. Of Silent Hill.
0: <gasps> I fucking love Silent Hill. You can don't- you
1: hear it if we're if we're all very quiet and we close our eyes wherever you are. I don't care if you're at work. Just take your hands off your keyboard and just close your eyes really quick. If you work in a plant, don't do this. Close your eyes. And can you can you hear the Silent Hill theme? That I just
0: hear
1: the. That freaking theme music is my favorite theme I, music. T- well, second only to Halloween. Like that theme music is so fucking
0: good. I'm gonna tell you what I would I would marry me some fucking Pyramid Head.
1: He was fine. <laughs> like I definitely he was fine. I think that's when it was solidified for me that I definitely have like a strong strong BDSM streak. Yeah. Like when I was like, ooh <laughs> like, Yes, yeah, Yes. I mean. Like I'm I'm gonna need my skin to stay on. That's a hard no. Um file that under my hard nose list. <laughs> but you know, I mean we could get down. I like a barrel chested man.
0: Yeah, it was uh I just remember at first like I was introduced I, I, I played the Silent Hill game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how I was introduced to it and yeah. that scared the fuck out of me, Oh yeah. uh, as a teenager, as a young little teen, little chubby little teen sitting on the end of my bed playing Silent Hill. Uh, and. Getting
1: scared.
0: Yeah. And, oh but God, something about Pyramid Head, I was just like, I don't even know what it is. Did
1: you like him in the game?
0: Yeah. Too? Yeah. Okay. Well, like. Cause my first started- experience
1: was the movie and then I played the game. So I saw him in the movie and I was like, okay dude.
0: Yeah, I saw him in the game and I was like I was like, ooh, you're scary. And then as I developed, I realized he could get it.
1: It's true. Pyramid Head could totally get it. Totally. I like a I like a quiet brooding type.
0: Yeah. So he's, say actually, much. he's
1: actually pretty perfect, actually. I mean, we wouldn't have a lot of arguments.
0: He you know? he he speaks through body language.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. I appreciate you know, he's probably a Pisces. Uh. My guess is that he's a Pisces because he's really quiet, he takes definitive action, quick decision maker, um, but probably some very deeply flowing emotions therein.
0: You know? Could be,
1: and he did save her in that one scene in the movie. I don't know if it was like really him saving her, but he was like he helped her out.
0: I, I don't, I don't think that's what that was.
1: You know, but okay. <laughs> you, you watch your horror film, and I'll watch my love story. Oh, okay. okay, all right. There we go. Okay, that's how I feel about Halloween too. For the record, just letting you know.
0: A love story? Oh. Well, you know that's another if, episode. If
1: I was there, <laughs> you know, I just. I feel like it would be the perfect meat cute for me. Okay, I just stare up into Michael's eyes
0: while his large metal knife is. It is very phallic.
1: It is very phallic.
0: right it's up inside lot. you.
1: Maybe he just wanted to fuck. You know what I'm <laughs> maybe, saying? Yeah. Maybe he just didn't get an opportunity well, to do maybe that. He
0: shouldn't have went to his sister for that. <laughs> well, true. that's true. That's true.
1: Um, but they have therapy for that now, and True. they have medicine. But wrong franchise.
0: Yeah, bring it on back. We're dipping bring back it into on back, Silent guys. Hill.
1: We're getting, we're plunging the depths of Silent Hill. Uh huh. Kenny thought I was going to turn that into a into a um
0: a, a pussy vagina. joke, a but, vagina but joke. It's no. not. It's not. No pussy jokes don't, here today, don't folks. Think
1: about vaginas when I say plunge in the depths. Don't do it. All of our LGBTQ members are like, sure, fine.
0: <laughs> sure, cool. Well, we're good.
1: All of our G members yeah. are like, uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely, no, definitely not. I'm not, not
0: going there. No, th- we're, th- we're thinking about plunging necklines. <laughs> Actually, no. Legitimately, I was thinking about a plunging neckline when you said that.
1: Oh, okay. okay, is it because my tits are like out on the table right now? Kind of is. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: like plunging. Neckline. Is there
1: really any other kind of neckline? Come on.
0: Nope, not at all. Not what, not in this household. But
1: when there's not much else attractive about you other than your tits, they tend to be out a lot. <laughs> I'm just saying. We got to live how we got to live. Know your currency. Amy Poehler says that. Know your currency. My currency is funny sometimes and tits. Always. I know it. <laughs> always. <laughs> funny
0: sometimes, tits always. Funny
1: sometimes, tits are always there. Anyway, Centralia.
0: That's what we're talking about. I thought we were talking about Silent Hill. Well,
1: they're the same thing. <gasps> <clears throat>
0: And I just got like a I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good.
1: Yes, so Silent Hill, for those of you who do not know, probably most of you know. Um Central- uh, Silent Hill is based off of a real life ghost town called Centralia. It is found in PA.
0: That is Pennsylvania. <laughs>
1: Yes. Actually, that might need to be explained for some of our international people. Because, um, bitch, we international. We international. We international, like Pitbull. <laughs> Maybe not quite like Pitbull. We
0: just need him to introduce our episode. He seems from now really on.
1: predatory. I don't know. I'm not going to say it. He gets older. He's like, I'm not going to put this start of our epi- out there on the podcast. <laughs> Next in week, the public. our episode
0: just starts out with
1: Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> I just want to say I'm not a predator. <laughs> Be safe, everybody. (laughs) Anywho. Yes, Centralia is located in Pennsylvania. Specifically, it is within the anthracite coal region of the Appalachian Mountains. Now, some of y'all might say Appalachian.
0: That would be wrong. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That was a question at the end of that.
1: No, no, no. It would be wrong.
0: Appalachian.
1: Appalachian. Um, One of my friends used to say, if you call it. Appalachian will throw an apple at you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you like that one, don't you? That's a hashtag <laughs> wholesome joke for children, folks.
0: Hopefully we can gain another star back.
1: <laughs> wholesome joke for children on the podcast that's not we'll for children. Throw an apple at you. Moving right along. Uh Centralia is located in Columbia County, Pennsylvania, at the intersection of PA Route 61 and 42. Um, The town was founded in 1866 by Alexander Rea. It was a coal mining town, and the peak population was around 1890. According to the U.S. Census at that time, there were nearly 2,800 residents, as well as two theaters, five hotels, seven churches. They love their God, y'all. 27 saloons.
0: You could go to a church
1: every day of the week. Yes, you could, Lord. (laughs) Bless you. Uh, Seven churches, 27 saloons. Did you catch that?
0: 27
1: saloons. Fuck yeah. 27. (laughs)
0: 27?
1: Yes. One bank, one post office, and 14 general stores. By the mid-1900s, though, the town was on the decline as the demand for anthracite coal had dropped at that point in time. So it's it's the typical story of a mining town where you have the boom, um, where everybody moves in and everybody's mining, and it's like everybody's making money hand over fist. We got seven churches. But um, then you have the bust when the mines. Um, and in this case, it wasn't necessarily that the mine dried up, so to say, it was more that the demand for that type of coal had dropped. And mining jobs uh, subsequently moved elsewhere. So in 1950, the population was right around 2,000. Um, Some sources say a little less than that, like around 1,800. But Centralia was mostly a pleasant, closely knit town where people lived and raised their families. It was like a small town where everybody knew what your business was, who you was sleeping with, who you was seeing on the side. Uh-huh. And they gossiped about people's children. Um, so it went on like that until May 27th, right around May 27th of 1962. So most of my information was pulled from a source called, uh, it's a book actually called Fire Underground, written by David DeCock. I think that's how you say it. I'm making da that cock, how you say
0: it. David Ducock. Could
1: I have looked and, up his Wikipedia that, that, page for the pronunciation? Yes, but is it funner to say cock?
0: Yeah, always. Yes. And you, hey, that that star we we gained for you know incorporating the the oh, children friendly joke it went away. Oh, it's we gone. lost two now.
1: Oh,
0: no. <laughs> Duckock, <Da laughs> get back on it.
1: Duckock, <laughs> let me get back. All right. So that's my main source, in case you're interested. Um, Always. But he says that, uh, Dekak, says that uh, on, May 20th, on or around May 27th, um, local firefighters um, set the landfill on fire in order to clean it up. And unfortunately, the landfill was located close to an old strip mining pit. And I don't want to, like, come down on anybody. I don't want to be a bummer. I don't want to point any fingers, so I'm not. But I'm just saying, shouldn't the fire department have known better than to be lighting fires right on top of the old strip mining pit?
0: I would. I feel like that, yeah, no. That, not a good idea, guys. Maybe they didn't know it was there,
1: maybe... I'm sure they realized as firefighters that it was flammable. This was just 1962. Um, Some sources actually uh, outside of that book um, actually believe that it was uh, somebody else that was cleaning up a dump and not like the fire department itself, but that it was illegal and it was like some dumbass who was just setting shit on fire. And that's the theory that... I feel like that
0: might be accurate.
1: That's the theory that makes sense to me. But he... um, like this decock guy um says that like when he interviewed a bunch of people and did a bunch of research like it seemed like people were giving confusing tales like on purpose to hide their knowledge of it um and so it might have just been a whole fuck up um but regardless this old strip mining pit basically caught fire um And when it wasn't fully extinguished, the fire was able to continue burning and it actually – because all those mines are connected because you would go down into the mines and then you would walk around through the tunnels and tubes and stuff. So they're all connected. So imagine like a – if you've ever seen like
0: an ant farm – where yeah. there's the big main room and then there's these
1: tunnels that lead to
0: these, like, smaller rooms. I just imagine, like, the tunnels and tubes at, like, a Burger King or play place.
1: That works, too. <laughs> All
0: also these that. tunnels and tubes connected by one big ball pit?
1: Yes, exactly. There that. we go. Except on fire uh, and very deadly.
0: <laughs> okay, great. Um, and, Sounds like and, a great and, time. And hell on earth. Great.
1: Um, so, basically, it wasn't fully extinguished. Whoever started the fire... who. Should we cue that Billy Joel song?
0: <laughs> I don't know that Billy Joel song. You don't song, know that song? So.
1: We didn't start the fire.
0: Nope. Don't know it. It
1: was always burning since the world Oh, was yeah. Now I know it. Yeah, because there's that <laughs> episode of The Office with Dwight where Dwight comes out. It's the best episode of The Office. Dwight comes out with the, the burnt office. toast because they had to evacuate the building because the toaster like burnt toast and set off the fire alarm. And he comes around the corner and he's like, Brian started the fire.
0: I don't watch The Office.
1: It's great. Well, all two (laughs) Office fans who are listening to the podcast, uh, that was for you. Anywho, basically, imagine the ball pit. Imagine the ant farm. Um, This small strip mining section catches fire. The whole rest of it fucking catches fire. And over time, it grows and spreads. Efforts to control it ultimately failed. And slowly, the fire moved underneath the town and directly affected the residents. So the effects of this when we imagine like a a massive fire breaking out like you're probably thinking like i was that it like the whole mine caught fire and then it came above ground and then everybody was on fire and then people are screaming around on fire yes yeah it wasn't quite like that (laughs) yes it wasn't quite like that so it actually caught fire and at first everybody was like i mean it's cool It was literally like that meme of that dog. It's like,
0: this is fine. Yeah. Everything's good. It
1: literally was like that meme of the dog who everything around him is on fire. He's sitting at the table with a teacup and he's like, this is fine. Everything's fine.
0: (laughs) Me, every day of my life. Right?
1: And it was like that.
0: Literally us right now, though.
1: It was like that. So the fire started, is expected to have, uh, or is thought to have started May 1962. Two decades later... In the early 1980s is when it actually started presenting real health and safety hazards to the people of Centralia. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and, and those types of things were not like little Susie's running down the street on fire. It was <laughs> carbon monoxide gas was seeping into homes and basements and kind of, in a way, more well, that, scary than little Susie being on fire. That's Just bad, these, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> Yeah, that's why you have carbon monoxide detectors, like, yeah, in your house.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kills you when you're asleep because you breathe it.
1: It does. It's the silent killer. That and uh, high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yes! So, um, carbon monoxide was a big problem. Another problem, uh, which is really comparable on a, on a fear and unsettling scale to little Susie running down the street on fire... These massive fucking sinkholes would just open up uh, in the ground as the fire was burning and the land was basically like subsiding from the fire. These just fucking big ass sinkholes would open, so that's why that you is see
0: terrifying,
1: right? Like you're just fucking walking down the street, running late to work, if you're me, and like just fucking gigantic <laughs> this sinkhole gaping, this opens gaping
0: up, gaping mall, just fucking down comes
1: to in. this massive eternal fire. And you're like, well, fuck. And if you're me, then you're just gonna Snapchat that to your boss and be like, babe, I'm gonna be in late.
0: And <laughs> so instead of little Susie running by on fire, she's like riding her tricycle and the fucking into earth the hell opens mouth. And just devours her.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Ah, I love it.
0: Horrifying.
1: <laughs> so obviously, this was a fucking problem. So in 1984. Why do I think it's so funny? <laughs> I mean, it's because it's incongruous. If you really want to get into it, we can get into the eight causes of laughter. Incongruity is a big one. Um, But in 1984, they were like, I guess we should just fucking do something about this. So, yeah, right. So, I guess it's a problem. (laughs) A uh, voluntary program was started to start moving residents out of their homes. So, many residents accepted buyout offers for their properties from the state and they moved elsewhere. After leaving, the homes were leveled, and in 1992, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania used eminent domain to take control of all of the uh, public property in the town. So, the state of Pennsylvania owns the whole town now. Okay. Um, Remaining buildings were condemned, and residents were asked to leave. A bunch of them did, obviously, but a few of them remained and actually sued the state of Pennsylvania for their right to stay in their homes.
0: Okay. Well, hey america
1: yeah i mean there's some judgment that could be levied there it's a big debate but on on one hand there is an actual public health and safety danger to you um on the other hand some home means a lot to some people home is a house to some people it depends on how you define home. Yeah, but home. see, that's
0: how you get really twisted. That's how you get things like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. That's how you get, you know, that crazy, like, I ain't leaving. This is my home. Yeah. Don't come on my yeah. property.
1: I mean, taken to an extreme, yes. One thing I worry about, like, with people who remain there is, like, water. Because, no, <laughs> you can't have yeah. safe water. But whatever. It's America. So... The lawsuits lasted for almost two decades after, like, following 1992, Um, and they actually were wrapped up relatively recently. In 2013, all the lawsuits ended, and the eight remaining residents of Centralia were allowed to stay as long as they lived. So I think... Um, I consulted multiple sources, but I think there's maybe like five of them left now in 2018, Mm -hmm. but there definitely are still people living in Centralia today. Uh, however, I think, um, once those people pass away, the town will probably be closed because it really, I mean, it's not safe to live there, but if, if sinkholes are opening up, Probably not a great idea. Not the safest place. No, this fire itself is expected to last for another 250 years.
0: Great.
1: Yeah. So it's. I mean, it's not going anywhere. I just Why am they imagining stay warm in the winter. I'm just imagining like Pennsylvania Bob. It's like having heated floors on the whole town. Fuck yeah, man! I'm just imagining like Pennsylvania Bob, just like. <laughs> On May twenty seventh, nineteen sixty two. Oh, let me just uh, let me just burn these apple cores here. And uh, is that his name? Pennsylvania yeah. Bob. Pennsylvania Bob. Pa. That's Bob. my suspect. <laughs> no, or like the dumbest
0: fire chief ever, who's just like no. I oh, it'll be fine. You, I can guarantee you, it was some some dumbass. Who, As my
1: family would say, some jackleg.
0: Or that. <laughs> He probably did. He probably like flicked a cigarette out or something. What and if it was <laughs> like,
1: what if that major fire was covering some other crazy crime? Like a conspiracy
0: theory. Like somebody
1: was burning a stripper's body or something. I'm sorry, a sex worker,
0: a saloon worker,
1: a saloon, one of the workers <laughs> of the 27 saloons. And he was like, let me just burn this body real quick. And,
0: and then, then the all whole of that town happened. was like, Phew. and he's wow. like, well,
1: huh. All right.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to walk away.
1: <laughs> right. So there is some talk about Centralia being haunted. Uh-huh. I found two forum stories that I wanted to share just really quickly because um, they are a little creepy. Yes. Um, on some days, the smoke from the fire below can actually be seen in the town, um, wafting up from the ventilation shafts that lead down to the mines. So add that in your mental image yeah, to I am. To the creepy vibe. Um, so Scott Saylor of Mays Landing, New Jersey wrote on a forum and the forum is uh, Centralia PA. It's like a or offroaders.com. It's their thread on Centralia. So Scott writes, I visited Centralia last weekend with a couple of friends, and I thought I might share a very weird experience that I had while exploring the town. We were there for about an hour and a half and were checking out the interesting locations that I had heard about, like the burning hillside, the crack in Route 61, and the streets without homes. We were in the area next to the old cemetery on the east side of the town, east of Route 61. We had just checked out the old tombstones and were getting a whiff of smoke from the east. Of that, So we walked down the old gravel road to look around. We found a slag-covered hillside with steam coming out of it, and we're pretty fascinated by some fossils we found when we heard what sounded like a voice saying something inaudible from down below where we were. All three of us heard it. We figured it was someone else checking out the area, too, so we sort of ignored it. Then we heard it again a little more clearly. A few words, and it sort of sounded like, Leave this place. At the moment, the hill we were standing on started steaming more than a few moments before, and it really stunk like rotten eggs, which, an aside, is probably sulfur. Uh, Which you would get in a mine, but you would also get with uh, demons. demons. Back into the quote. Well, it sort of spooked us, so we figured we'd better head back to the car. As we were walking back in the area of the cemetery, we heard it again. Not the same words and not clear, but something like, why why did you do that? What was even weirder was that it wasn't like someone yelling it out of the bushes. It was quiet and kind of closer, and we couldn't figure out the direction it was coming from. Too weird. We got back to our car, and we didn't see any other cars or people the whole time we were there. We left and weren't sure what to make of it. We really weren't sure we wanted to talk about it. All I know is I'm not going back. When I got home, I found out the area that where we were walking was near the location of where the fire had started, across from the cemetery. Just thought I'd let you know about it. Something's not right about that place.
0: Hmm. See, I got the idea that what happened was a demon came in and he just took up residence in Centralia. For
1: real. And then oh, he this was is like, a nice place. Well, like,
0: let me just whoosh start my fire.:
1: <laughs> Right? Oh, let's just warm it up just a little bit. Let's turn the thermostat up just a little bit. we go and put it right up on uh-huh. hail.) So I have one more haunting story. Okay. Uh, Jim and his girlfriend Lori. Uh, posted or actually emailed this in fall of
0: 1999. Oh, this was before Y2K. Best opening ever.
1: Hi, my name is Jim.
0: How <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're starting the podcast I love from it. now on. You know what? When Hi, you, when my name
1: When you email the thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com, I want you to start your email with, Hi, my name is Jim. Even if it's not, doesn't matter. I just want you to do it. Every time you write us an email, yeah, we'll love you forever. So, about a month ago,
0: a girl, a girl, a girl, a girl. About a month ago, about a month ago,
1: about a month ago, my girlfriend Lori and I were coming back from Nobles, and we decided to take Route sixty-one home and stop at Centralia to take a look, as we did once before. First, let me say we're not superstitious. In fact, we're quite the opposite. We like checking out abandoned places and old buildings, old cemeteries, and that sort of thing. We've seen a lot of old abandoned homes over the years, but the one we checked out in Centralia about a month ago really gave us a fright. Have you checked out the Haunted Heart podcast, Jim? Because I think you would like it, baby. You and Lori. (laughs) Hey, Jim,
0: from 1999. Slim Jim,
1: 1999. (laughs) Get up on it, Slim Jim. (laughs) You better tune in. Favorite podcast app. (laughs) You know what to do. There were two units. There was a white abandoned twin home up on a side street on a hill. There were two units and both had red numbers sprayed on the front, which indicated from what I gathered, the homes were probably set to be demolished in the near future. So we decided to check it out. The back door was open, so we went in. Some of the first floor windows were boarded up, making it dark, but we explored the old house a little. We were on the second floor in the hallway near the stairs that led up and down to the first and third floor. The door was open leading up to the third floor. Lori was in the hallway while I was at the top of the steps that lead downstairs. At that point, we heard footsteps coming down the stairs from the third floor. It sounded to me that the steps were coming down, the s- were going across the ceiling above, the steps coming down to the first floor. So my first thought was that someone was coming down out of the attic or the third floor bedroom. At first, we were startled and thought someone else was in the house. As the footsteps sounded like they were about to reach the second floor hallway, Lori looked into the stairwell expecting to see someone. There wasn't anybody there. At the same time, I looked down the steps to the first floor and saw nobody. We just stared at each other for a few seconds. I said, you want to leave? She said yes. (laughs) Yeah. we made a beeline down to the back door where we came in and out to the car. We drove about 100 feet and stopped to look back at the house looking at the windows. I mean, we really expected to see someone looking out at us. Nothing, though. Really weird. Like someone walked down those stairs, but we couldn't see them. Freaked us out. Anyway, I don't know what to make of that. You wouldn't know who used to live in that house. Not even sure where it was or what the numbers were, but if ever I thought a house was haunted, it would be that one sort of changed my impression of old vacant homes. Ooh. Was that, like, the proto-creepypasta, maybe? Maybe. It felt a little bit like a creepypasta. He he definitely needs a little bit of work
0: with his prepositions. My name's Jim. (laughs) My name's Jim? Well, Uh, I love how he set the scene, like, you know, or gave us, you know, like, he's telling us that they're not superstitious. So that way it's more impactful when we inevitably hit the superstition. True.
1: I mean, I feel like some of that, though, I feel like Jim might be an architect or some shit because he was really trying to explain those fucking stairs to me. All I needed to know, three staircases and a landing, baby. That's it. Just back inside the staircase. Like the staircase? Yeah. Like maybe maybe it was an owl. <laughs> So, Centralia, PA, if you want to visit it, I recommend that you do. There's only a handful of people left, and once they die, I fully expect the state of PA to close that town off. So, get there if you want to go.
0: Yeah. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of fires and abandoned towns and St. Elmo. No, no. Don't <laughs> do that. Damn.
1: Did I mention? Who is Saint that? Elmo? I get
0: back? Who is Saint Elmo?
1: Saint Elmo. He's red. He's hairy.
0: He's the demon that moved uh, into he's got Centralia. Got scary laugh. <laughs> For real. <laughs> that, that that gif of him like in hell, the Elmo with the fire behind him. <laughs> that's that, it. That's that's Elmo. That's he's it. living in Centralia. That's that what he's doing. Is it. No, I. You took us to Pennsylvania. I'm putting us in the car. I'm packing everything up, and I'm driving us west. To Colorado.
1: Ooh. Okay. St.
0: Elmo, Colorado. So, St. Elmo was originally settled in 1878 and was made official in 1880 when gold and silver began to bring many people to the area. So, your story was about the coal. They came in for the coal.
1: Mm-hmm. A
0: lot of my people came in for that gold. The cold and the gold. So, though it was first called Forest City, the small town's name was changed when the post office objected because there were too many towns with the same name. The new name was derived by Griffith Evans, one of the founders, who was reading a romantic 19th century novel by the same name. you got to find that novel. St. Elmo. Sounds saucy. St. Elmo. The town was laid out uh, in six feet of snow and provided for the miners working in the nearby mines. So, beginning with a very high moral character, okay. the settlement went the way of other booming mining towns, reaching a population of more than 2,000 and taking on all the trappings of a single male population.
1: Did she have 27
0: saloons? She had some saloons, and she had some saloons, she had some dance halls, and something called a baldy house.
1: Oh, okay, I bet I, I bet I know
0: what that's for. I don't know what a baldy house is, but I'm sure our listeners will tell us. So, when the Alpine Tunnel was under construction, St. Elmo became the scene of some pretty raunchy Saturday night sprees. So we'd go to hit hit that tunnel, go to St. Elmo for a good night. Hit that
1: tunnel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hashtag hit that tunnel. Hit that tunnel. Get it done. So in 1881, it became a station on the Denver, South Park, and Pacific Railroad line, where the tracks continued through Romley, Hancock, and through the historic Alpine Tunnel. The settlement was considered a main source of supplies, arriving by train for the area settlers, and eventually included several merchandise stores, three hotels, five restaurants, two sawmills, and a weekly newspaper called The Mountaineer. Okay. Okay. I feel like it's ran by one person. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who is the mountain? Who hero.
1: holds actually all of the different titles and refers to himself differently, like he's reporter when he's on the scene, but he's editor when he's putting the, the newspaper together.
0: Uh-huh. I fully believe that. And he's that.
1: photographer when he's like out there taking shots. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. That's too real. <laughs> the miners worked at several mines throughout the area that were rich in silver, gold, copper, and iron. One of the main mines, the Murphy Mine, was situated high up on the mountain, 2,000 feet above the railroad, and it shipped as much as 50 to 75 tons of ore per day to the smelters at Alpine. And altogether, there were over 150 patented mine claims in the immediate area. So she was pretty rich. She was. She was rich, honey. So, in 1881, you have this guy, a one, Mr. Anton, 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 Anton. Stark. Now, I am not talking about our Game of Thrones Starks here, people. Not Game of Thrones Starks. We're talking Midwest mining Starks.
1: Dirty. Maybe some Levi's. Mm-hmm. Like, but the original Levi's that could stand up, whether you're wearing them or not. <laughs> rough. Yeah. Rough That, that type of, Stark type kind of, of man. He was Probably a, not many teeth. No,
0: maybe not. He was a cattleman. Okay. Yeah. He brought a herd to the railroad and was so taken with the town that he and his family quickly took up residence. Okay. He became a section boss for one of the local mines and his wife, Anna, ran a general store and the Home Comfort Hotel. The Home Comfort Hotel. I, I like, like it. It's that, cute. She's cute. It scares me a if I
1: saw it, If I saw it on Airbnb, I would probably check it out. I, I look at the photos.
0: It scares me a little. The Home Comfort Hotel.
1: So. I mean, it's better than the Never Leave Hotel.
0: <laughs> I would rather stay at the Never Leave Hotel.
1: <laughs> hotel so. California. I mean, right. come on. That so. was an old person joke. I'm an old person. That was, uh, I'm sorry. So Look it up. It's a great song. Uh,
0: and so that later became home to the post office and the telegraph office. Uh, so Anton and Anna raised three children, Tony... Roy, and Annabelle, who worked in the hotel and the store. The hotel was said to have been the cleanest in town.
1: I'm also known to, to be that.
0: <laughs> the meals were the best. <laughs> now, I will have you know, this is a town of probably, I think, two restaurants. Okay. <laughs> they had the best meals. The
1: best. The I the mean, best. shit on that other restaurant. <laughs>
0: Could you imagine the (laughs) drama? There's only
1: two restaurants, and they're like, we have the best meal.
0: The drama that would unfold. I, we have the best meal. No.
1: Like dueling banjos, but like some weird golden cracker, golden corral version of that. I think I almost said golden cracker barrel, and that is like the restaurant hip-hop mashup that I need.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the supplies at their general store were said to be the most plentiful. Than the other establishments. They were pretty full of themselves, these Starks. But they were the best.
1: That's when they didn't have a Twitter word count so you could advertise your shit as the most plentiful in all of the land.
0: We are the best podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That is recorded in this home. (laughs) (laughs) For real. So the Stark family. The cat
1: starts recording a podcast and he's like, fuck your podcast. Fuck your
0: podcast. So the Stark family uh, were part of St. Elmo's Elite. Oh, okay. A high-class group that attended church regularly.
1: Now, I want you to understand that when we say elite, you may think, like, Met Gala and Anna Wintour and that type of thing. Um, We're talking about a mining town... (laughs) In, like, what, late 1800s, are we still?
0: Yeah,
1: Ain't nobody got teeth, even though we elite. Like, they all nasty. This is just, like, the fanciest
0: of the nasty. It's the best trash possible.
1: Yeah. Like, Like, King of the Rock
0: type situation. Like us. The best (laughs) trash possible. The
1: best trash.
0: So, but they attended church regularly. His wife, Anna, was said to have been a humorless woman. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I'm a little... I bet she found some things funny. I don't know what, but I imagine she did. Uh, Like beating her children, (laughs) because she apparently severely controlled her children. Uh, Believing... I don't know. That's allegedly. No, it's not alleged. I was just saying it. Believing that they were better than the other townsfolk. The miners, the railroad men, the prostitutes, and... Uh, quote, hard women. (laughs) Hard women. Hard women. (laughs) The children were rarely allowed to leave home, forbidden to attend uh, any, like, social gatherings or activities, and so they really only had each other for company. In 1890... A fire destroyed the business section, and the town was never entirely rebuilt. I'm wondering if this is where we get St. Elmo's Fire from.
1: Um. I'm going to have to look
0: into that, because I did not research it. (laughs) Great. Good. Good. So, the survival of the town was largely due to the Stark family and their descendants, who remained the sole year-round residents for many years. According to a local legend, perhaps at least one of them, Annabelle Stark... Still keeps a ghostly watch over the town. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So the failure of numerous mines and the closure of the Alpine Tunnel in nineteen ten, she closed it up, honey. Ain't nobody coming over there anymore (laughs) for no raunchy night, Saturday nights out. (laughs) Alpine tunnel is closed. Mm. So that sort of (laughs) tunnel
1: is closed. (laughs) Yep.
0: So that started the decline of St. Elmo. So, though mining continued at the Mary Murphy Mine up until the 1920s, many of the miners moved away in search of new gold strikes.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: As As it always
1: goes with mining towns. Yep.
0: The railroad continued to run until 1922, and it has been said that the rest of St. Elmo's population rode the last train out of town, never to return. In 1926, the railroad tracks were torn up, and the railroad grade was used to drive from Nathan, up to St. Elmo, but the Stark family stayed, believing that St. Elmo would thrive again, buying up property at tax sales. So, Mm. they just bought up property, honey. For many years, uh, Rory and Stark tried to influence developers in reopening the mines, but uh, when they were unsuccessful, they decided they were going to turn to tourism. They opened up some cabins for vacationers. And they ran their general store. Who came? Who was buying no, the products, nobody. though? Nobody. Nobody. Who's going to vacation there? Who wants to go? I'm going to go out in the middle of this desert, this old mining town that is decrepit, and, and I'm going to go vacation there. It sounds like a nice uh, Airbnb moment.
1: I mean, <laughs> like, I'm just saying, that doesn't exactly sound like something we would not do. Old decrepit mining town, yeah, full of abandoned buildings, super creepy vibes. It doesn't, I mean, it kind of literally sounds like yeah. ours, but that's though. like
0: they, so. They have a very limited pool of it's
1: true. It's people who are niche marketing. In- you got a niche market in 2018, um, everyone has messages. Yes. Target yours directly at your audience. Yeah. Well, they had a very,
0: very small niche market
1: ahead of the curve,
0: <laughs> yeah. So it well, to not work out. So they were unsuccessful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> here's the thing with niche marketing. Um, it, ha, it, it is like uh, predicated on an abundance of information. And in the late 1800s, when it takes fucking three months to get a letter from like Pennsylvania to like Georgia, yeah, doesn't quite work. Yeah, can't exactly. quite cultivate a following, as they say.
0: Exactly. So, after all of that, and they decided that uh, that was not going to work out, uh, Anton, and after Anton Stark's death, Anna realized that the tourism trade was not going to provide for the family, so she sent her daughter Annabelle to work in the telegraph office in a town about 20 miles south of mm-hmm. there. I'm like, what do you need the fucking money for? Like,
1: <laughs> uh, To buy things for the general store that they even buy... From the general store. Right. So it's the very lonely. complicated
0: structure economically of this town. <laughs> I'm just saying. So the lonely and attractive girl was finally able to escape the prison that her mother had made for her in St. Elmo. Before long, she met a young man. His name was Ward. All right. Ward. You can always
1: trust a man named Ward. That's Ward. what I say.
0: Ward. His name's Ward. Mama, I'd have met a man. His name's Ward, and he's going to carry me away from here.
1: (laughs) You can always trust him. There's an inherent nobility in a man named Ward. Yeah. That you can just put your faith in.
0: Well, she sent her family a telegram that said that they had decided to move to Trinidad. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Sure. Ward and Annabelle. In Trinidad.
1: Is that like Trinidad the country or like fucking Trinidad, Colorado? I've, I'm
0: going to assume <laughs> it's that it's Trinidad different. the country. I don't know. I'm going know. to say Trinidad the country. I don't know that there's a Trinidad, <laughs> what Colorado. What the are
1: they doing in, in Trinidad? <laughs> I don't know
0: about that. Well, I, it didn't work out. Aww. So no one seems to know why, but they called it quits. Uh, they busted up, as your mother would say. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yes, and just she two, would. And just two short years yep. later, you imagine your mom in that situation. She's like, it ain't going to work out. I yep. give you two months. Yep. I give you two months and, and three you? days.
1: And they done busted up, probably because they've been texting. All these kids out here want to text about it. Everyth- you can't. Text about in a relationship.
0: They had telegraph. That would still be my fucking bra. Damn telegraph.
1: (laughs) They just been telegraphing. Back and forth. Don't nobody want to talk face to face no more. Don't nobody want to call nobody on the phone.
0: Don't nobody want to write a message and send it anymore. (laughs) This isn't
1: interesting to anyone who doesn't know my mother. (laughs)
0: It's funny to us though. And that's what this podcast is about. So, she returned, uh, and that's where she spent the rest of her life, in St. Elmo. Well, fuck.
1: (laughs) I guess that part about uh, breaking out of prison was uh, pretty short-lived. Yeah,
0: it was. It was a a short dream.
1: I was hoping that metaphor would have lasted.
0: So, the children were considered to be pretty eccentric. I mean, I guess you have to be. The only
1: residents of a dying
0: town. And they were uh, being uh, reared by a very strict mother, so you can only imagine Uh, So they maintained their existence by continuing to run this general store and rent cabins to tourists, though the general condition of the town deteriorated. And by 1930, the population of St. Elmo had dwindled down to only seven. Mm. In 1934, Roy Stark passed away and his mother, Anna, died a short time later. The only residents left were Annabelle and Tony, who lived in the dead town without any indoor plumbing or electricity. Wait, who is
1: Tony? Is that, that one of the, her, her brothers? Brother. Yeah, because it was three children. Okay.
0: Anto, Ant, Anton Anton yeah. was the father, and you had. Roy. Oh, I bet you
1: Tony was named after Anton. Maybe. That's yeah. cute. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's Annabelle and her brother.
0: Yeah. So Annabelle and the her other. brother. Uh, no, no, no plumbing, no electricity. So you know they stink. Uh, rarely bathing or changing clothes. They neglected the hotel, they let the whole place, like, go to hell, Uh, you had shit everywhere, Um, but they continued to run that home comfort store.
1: God, I'm just (laughs) imagining, like, fucking Tony just rearranging three individual kernels of corn (laughs) on a fucking store shelf, taking inventory,
0: like... Uh, Well, they, they had some faded tins of outdated food and some stale tobacco, so...
1: Just fucking rearranging them.
0: If you need daily, could you imagine? You come come to the Home Comfort General Store, where if you need some tobacco or some tins of food, we got you.
1: It's gonna be expired, (laughs) but we like it that way.
0: (laughs) Like this town at the Home Comfort (laughs) Store in Saint Elmo. There's a theme. (laughs) It's dilapidation. So in 1947, this book uh, came out called Stampede to Timberline. And it was published by a Muriel Wool, Wool, one of the two, which stated that St. Elma was a ghost town. And this fucking infuriated Tony and Annabelle. They were so pissed and claimed that it was not the tattered store or their own eccentricities that drove away business, but rather her statements in the book. Now, please know the town was already dead before this book. For, like, almost, like, 50 years before the book, right? Yeah, exactly. Good. All right. So, uh, though Annabelle was always said to have been kind and generous to the few who still frequented the store, the locals began to call her Dirty Annie (laughs) because of her filthy clothing and tangled hair. She was known to have roamed the old town, she got her rifle in hand, and she was there to protect her property. The town officially died on September 30th, 1952, when the post office closed. And eventually, Tony and Annabelle were sent away to a mental mental institution for their own safety and that of others. However, Mm. after just a few weeks, a sympathetic friend convinced the authorities that they were of no harm to anyone, and they were released. Tony died a short time later, and Annabelle was sent to a nursing home in 1958, where she then died in 1960. Their property was left to the sympathetic friend who had helped them, their property being the home comfort store. Shortly after Annabelle's death, the friend's grandchildren were said to have been playing in a room of the hotel, because um, this friend decided that she wanted to try to like fix it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, when... Suddenly, all the doors in the room slammed shut, and the temperature dropped nearly 20 degrees. The children uh, were terrified, and they refused to never play in the hotel ever again. Apparently, Miss mm. Annabelle didn't want no children playing around in that hotel, honey.
1: Mm, maybe.
0: Another one of the grandchildren, a young woman in her 20s, uh, was cleaning out the rooms. She was making some minor repairs. She was washing the walls, being you know, doing her cleaning it up, honey. She was fixing it. And after cleaning up for the day, she and her friends would put away their tools and cleaning supplies only to find them in the middle of the floor when they returned the next day. After Mm. this continued to occur, they started placing the items in a padlocked closet, but still they would be in the middle of the floor when they came back. Mm. On another occasion. She's trying to help. She's
1: trying to help clean, girl.
0: (laughs) She wanted that mess, though. I feel like that's what it was. She was like, this is my mess. It's messy for a reason. Leave it alone.
1: Maybe. Because it's Annabelle, right? Not yeah, her mom. Yeah, it's Annabelle. Uh, okay. Yeah, maybe not.
0: On another occasion, a skier was said to have seen a very attractive woman in a white dress framed in the second story window of the old hotel. The owner was away on vacation, so who could it have been? The young woman's eyes were focused on something in the distance, and when the skier followed her gaze, she saw a group of snowmobilers who were riding through the street. The skier flagged down the group, informing them that snowmobiling was illegal in St. Elmo. The group apologized and rode away. When the skier looked back at the hotel, the woman nodded to her, then turned away and vanished. The legend of Annabelle's ghost lives on with the part-time residents of St. Elmo, believing, believing that she continues to protect her property from vandals, or trespassers. And today, St. Elmo has numerous structures that have been preserved and are all privately owned. It is one of the best-preserved ghost towns anywhere in Colorado and still has a few residents. The remaining structures include... Guess what? That
1: motherfucking general store. A
0: general merchandise store, which still operates from May through October. It includes a church... A school building and many other business structures and cabins. Unfortunately, on April fifteenth, two thousand two, a fire in Saint Elmo destroyed six of the buildings. That Saint Elmo's fire thing keeps happening. <laughs> it keeps happening. Uh, yeah, it's a little weird. This town just keeps keeps getting fired up. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! But, um, wow. Including the old town hall and jail. That was and a wholesome joke, yeah, for children. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> So, uh, the fire destroyed a bunch of buildings, including the Stark family dwellings, and on July 6, 2002, the St. Elmo property owners passed a resolution to donate the town hall as well as the St. Elmo schoolhouse to the Buena Vista Heritage Museum, and this museum plans to work closely with the association and residents to preserve and protect St. Elmo. So... Awesome. That's kind of the town of St. Elmo. It's You can still go there. They've got great four-wheel drive trails, if that's what you're into. <laughs> um, if you want to go find some rocks, <laughs> they've got that, too. You can find some quartz, some aquamarine.
1: Actually, I would fucking be totally down to find some
0: aquamarine. You can go camping. All right. Sure. Everything that you possibly want to do in St. Elmo. Nah. Well, yeah. maybe if you nah. go to the general store, they might have something there for they you. They
1: might. They they may well. Between I kinda, May and October, right?
0: I kind of want to go to this general store, though. <laughs> like, I kind of want to take a visit.
1: Yeah. No, it sounds like a cool place. Like, it totally, I mean, I would, I, I'm, I guess, different than most people and what i look for for a vacation but i would totally fucking go to a dilapidated ghost town for my uh,
0: well the hotel i think is situated like it's connected to the general store so we could go we could stay in the hotel Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, hotel, uh, mm, mm, and we could mm, go and walk five feet over to the general store and 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 eat from the tins of food
1: maybe not Maybe I don't think it's an eating trip, you know i, I maybe not
0: it's traveling you always are <laughs> supposed to plan food you have to plan the food uh, I would want to know what they have anyway it's pretty uh <laughs> walk in excuse me where's your menu yeah
1: <laughs> I didn't see a menu online I didn't um, see a
0: menu on the could door I, uh, do you have any Nikos salad special? <laughs> I didn't see a menu on the door. Jesus. No, I'm sure if I wanted some tobacco, though, I'd, I'd be I'd be set. Maybe, potentially,
1: <laughs> I'd like to see that in 2018, though. Like, are we still, are we still having tens of tobacco?
0: I don't know. It's open not? May through October. We'll so. have to go
1: haunted heart road trip. Let's go, people. To San Remo
0: in Colorado. Come
1: on. Get in our van and head out to the wild west where Freedom, Will Smith, and Kenneth Branagh and a creepy robo-spider machine are waiting for us.
0: We can have a whole steampunk adventure. True. Uh,
1: well, um, that last illusion tells me that my robot testing has taken me at just about as far as I'm able to go this episode, so before I pass the fuck out, maybe it's time to wrap this bitch up. I think so. So you know where to find us on social media, uh, on Facebook, search the Haunted Heart Podcast. You will find our closed group. Apply to join. We will approve you. We will be ecstatic that you were part of our family. The Facebook group is really fucking cool. Um, Kenny and I love seeing everybody's posts and talking with you guys and getting to know you guys. It really does take it to the next level for us. Mm -hmm. So if you do have a Facebook and you are part of the Facebook world, consider joining us there. We would love to meet you and get to know you as part of our spooky spooky family yes uh on instagram we are at the haunted heart podcast follow us there um and on twitter we are at the haunted heart we do share different things on our social medias so make sure you're following us on all three platforms Mm -hmm. because it is a somewhat different and tailored experience for you
0: yes and if you would like to join our intimate very very intimate patreon family
1: So intimate, so intimate, it's almost illegal.
0: (laughs) Yes, but you can go uh, search us uh, at the Haunted Heart Podcast on Patreon, and you can scroll through and see all of our wonderful tiers that we have for you, Uh, and yeah, for as low as a dollar, you can get a fucking invocation on this show like For you sure. heard at the top For sure. of the episode
1: and there's all kinds of bonus content there's videos audio early access to episodes and shit that you can get um with the various tiers so definitely check it out it's patreon.com slash the heart is the best way to pull it up uh and of course if you have any um i've been talking to some listeners lately through the facebook group and through social media in general um, that have shared like various stories with me related to some of the stuff that we talk about on the episode. And I know that like it's a podcast, so you guys have access to all the different episodes. So you're at different points of where you're like listening back to the show. But if you hear us talk about something and you have like a story that's related to that or a tangential, or you just need to share with us what you had for lunch, uh, write us an email at the thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com. We are collecting those stories and we will read them back on episode, episodes It doesn't have to be like recent. Uh, I actually had a girl reach out to me this week with a Ouija board story um, that we're gonna probably read next episode. Mm. So we'd love to hear from listeners and if it's something like interesting, we will totally read it on the show and don't be shy, basically. Hit that. Inbox, because we got this storage up. from Gmail. And you
0: can also hit that inbox up with some Q&As, because we hit our first goal on Patreon, y'all, and we are set to record a very special Q&A episode.
1: Yes, we're going to record and release that for you as a bonus episode. It's for everybody, not just for Patreon people. So send us questions. Anything that you want answered, we will answer, as long as we won't legally get in trouble for answering it. Mm-hmm. And we'll take that at our own discretion. However, uh, if there's anything that you want to know about us, about the show, about our personal lives, about how we take our coffee, um, shoot us an email. Uh, Nothing's too silly. And we're really looking forward to recording that for you guys because it's really cool um, that we smashed our goal the way that we did. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that is it for housekeeping and... I think it's just time for us to give you your uh, your advice for the week, your mantra, to carry you on to our next appointed mm-hmm. hour when we shall gather round the candlelit flames, gather
0: round the fire, and
1: commune together in the ancient way of our people. But until then, you must stay
0: spooky.